Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, this is Omar and Beverly. We just went on the Jurassic World ride at Universal Studios Hollywood. It's insane. It was so cool. I'm really afraid of roller coasters, and so part of me was watching, but part of me was like, oh God, when is it coming? <laughs> but there are so many cool dinosaurs. I love animals. Oh my God. So, okay. The line was bonkers. The line is so good. It's so good. There's like video screens. Yep. And there's like a, maybe like an hour of footage or something. We saw so much. I think we were in line for half an hour and it started repeating right before we got on the ride. That's insane. It's wild. And you're, they're teaching about dinosaurs and you're seeing like characters from the movies. You get fun facts. You have the actors from the movies doing interviews with like a fake network. It's very cool. It's, it's very so immersive. good. And then you get on and like before there was that voice that was like a life the ever-flowing river but now you see like a skeleton yeah and then you go in and you're like in this like aquarium yeah and it's like zoo so there's like signage and like stuff you would see in a regular zoo it's so and so it's just like water spilling everywhere i don't want to say too much because like, i know i don't, don't want to ruin anything also it was at night we got really wet we it's got like, so yeah, wet yeah it's like we were in the front yeah which i was scared of but it was like no beverly you're brave do it and it was good it was nuts so the middle part very similar the yep. what is it called the valley of herbivores herbivores yes which as a vegan i was like yeah what <laughs> and then you turn when everything is terrible yep and, it's and it all looks terrible. like the fencing like the electric fencing that you see in the movie and i yes. was like oh my god we're gonna die which is this terrifying is this is the end. yeah so you go through and you're like everything's broken and you start to go up and it's it's different yep. it's like darker and scarier different. and chris pratt's like please 
Just hold on. Yeah, he's like, don't make any sudden movements. Put your hands in the boat. Like, there's still, like, yep. safety regulations, but, like... Oh, my God. And then you go, and then... Because before, it was just you go, and you're still in the and track, and it's, like, a dark, like, sparky, like, 90s... Yes. Like, attraction area. Yes. Now it's, like, overgrown yeah, and now crazy. There's, like, there's, like, a whole other exhibit at yeah. the end that you don't expect to happen, and then it's there, and you're like, oh, I'm looking at everything, but also, when am I going to fall? Yep. I'm scared. There's, like, secret, like, pirate drops that pop yeah. up. <laughs> pirates and then, um, and then the IREX comes in, and that was so scary. I hated it. That was terrible. But Blue is there, yep. and I feel like it was like, spoiler alert, sorry, but I feel like it was like, for me, and yeah. the seven-year-olds who were like, I'm scared, and then their parents would be like, but look, yep. your princess is here to save you. Everyone is freaking out, because we're all soaking wet, it's cold, we get up there, and then just Beverly's just like, it's Blue! <laughs> like the it was my ray of light in a sea of darkness. <laughs> and then you just dropped down. Yep. It was so good. It's really fun. Come to Hollywood, y'all. Yep. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a very delayed See Jurassic Right. I'm your host, Stephen Ray Morris. I'm so happy to be back. It's been a minute. Uh, when all, uh, when, when Disneyland opened, the pirates didn't eat the tourists. You get it. You get it. Uh, I'm so happy to be back. It's been a while. I've really missed you. So much has been happening, but I think we should just dive in. But before we dive in, before the diving in of the diving in, uh, I wanted to thank Omar, uh, Omar Najam Pascas, dear friend, and his friend Beverly for their awesome play-by-play of their experience going on the Jurassic World ride. Uh, <laughs> I've been going so much since I've got my pass, it was really exciting to hear them just talk so joyfully about that first time. And I'm glad I recorded uh, my reactions, you know, the first time because of that same reason. So it was really, uh, I haven't, it's, you know, I've gone a lot since I've had the past, but I would say it's just been, my schedule has been so crazy the last few weeks or month that I haven't, I don't even remember the last time I went. Oh no, I do remember the last time I went because I'll be talking about it later in this month's adventures, <laughs> meaning August adventures, even though it's September 16th when I'm recording this. Anyway, let's not dwell on that. <laughs> um, thank you, Omar. Thank you, Beverly, for that. And that one, that actually leads me into uh, just a quick announcement. I've mentioned before in past minisodes that there is a Jurassic World one, Jurassic World run. And like the Disneyland Avengers marathons and things like that, Universal is doing a 5K and a 10K and a 1K for children, uh, Jurassic World run. That's going to be super cool. It's going to be at Universal Studios. You're going to run through the park. There's going to be dinosaurs, costumes, music, all that great stuff. And Universal was kind enough to give me a, uh, a little discount code for listeners and stuff. So, uh, if you want $10 off all registrations, excluding the 1K and, and, and you know, you don't get an additional discount if you're already a past member or, um, like if you, you know, you can't double up discounts anyway. Uh, but if you want $10 off either the 5k or the 10k registrations, it's all caps JR pod 10. I'll put the link in the notes and in the coded in notes and also mention again at the end. But the 5k is November 16th and the 10k is November 17th. I'm going to be running it. I'm super excited to run scared from dinosaurs. It sounds really cool. 
But we're here for the most important business. Again, I've had a lot of theme park delays or just podcast delays in the last few weeks. Uh, it's just things have been a little crazy, just tired, overwhelmed as well, just trying to figure my shit out. And again, the longer you, you know, you don't do something, the harder it is to do it, I think. And so I mostly have been mulling about season two of the podcast because really the, as like, these park experts episodes have been so much fun doing these one-on-one chats that I could give out to you every week or well, almost every week, but you know, that's the plan. Uh, but in September, you know, the idea was to come back with season two proper and it's been so much fun. I've been recording lots of cool things, um, stuff for the ride and, uh, stuff for, you know, paleontology and science could, you know, the dinosaurs of Jurassic Park, you know, could that be real? Could that happen? You know, Alan Grant, Dr. Ellie Sattler, the year 1993, all that stuff. I've been recording a bunch of stuff for that. But when September hit, I, j- I just, you know, I had just had this realization that I'm not ready. I, you know, I, I want to do the point of when I first did see Jurassic Right, the original idea was that, you know, because I work on a lot of podcasts, the original idea for me was that, you know, every, the idea that every creative endeavor is supposed to, you know, provide a new challenge uh, for me and, you know, just, just sort of in that way, justifying existence, you know, it's like, I want to do these things because not only is it fun and, and, you know, the thing that I'm so grateful for that's connecting me with all of you, but that's the thing of like, it just makes me want to push harder and do better and make it more awesome. And so I just was, you know, I could have, I could have done it, but it just, I just wasn't feeling that, you know, that spark of, you know, getting this stuff out to you. And so I think, also, also, I think the landscape has changed a little bit. I think when I was doing season one and I was releasing maybe one podcast a month or two, you know, with the mini-sode, um, it made, you know, the massive challenge of editing and putting together those episodes, it made it a lot easier because I didn't have as much content to do for this podcast. But the, I mean, the great thing about doing see Jurassic, right, is that Jurassic Park really is part of my daily life, you know, not only just the podcast, but, in, you know, online and Twitter and the you know, in, and Instagram and the Facebook group, see Jurassic Park podcasts and stuff. So, uh, but it, it only made me realize that the proper season two episodes might get swallowed up a little bit. Uh, so I think that this new plan, I think has me way more excited and will give me more time to do things that are special to those episodes. You know, we're having these really great one-on-one conversations, but for the season episodes, I really want it to be filled with all the voices of, you know, of people who love Jurassic Park as much as we do and stuff and go to do cool things, uh, you know, like, you know, for the ride, hanging out at the park and doing that stuff. You know, I want to do really fun, cool, ambitious stuff for y'all. Uh, for the season two episodes. So, um, here's the plan. Basically, uh, keep doing park experts, get back on track with that, get back on track with the mini sodes, keep the questions alive, do all that great stuff. You know, keep that every week. Uh, well, you know, mini said once a month and park experts every, every week. You get the idea. Um, but bring season two to you in early 2020. But, and again, when I first started Sea Jurassic Grade, the original idea was kind of the event podcasts where, you know, something like Serial or, or Dr. Death or something like that, where, you know, you get those episodes, you know, you get like 10 episodes, but it's once a week and it's kind of like an event. So I think that is just going to really let us enjoy 
that more when it's all kind of together. So instead of getting season two once a month, you know, until the end of 2020, like what the original plan was, I'm going to be working on season two till the end of the year. And then starting next year, early next year, you're going to get all of season two in one you know, uh, however many weeks chunk block. So we'll do park experts, we'll do minisodes, and then you, we will just be getting the season two episodes in one grand uh, drop, I guess, or whatever. So I think that's going to be really fun because it means that we're just going to get to sit back, kick back, snap back, whatever, and enjoy season two without any interruptions. And I think that's going to be super fun. And then that way, you know, we'll be, we'll enjoy season two, you know, for all of the cool things that we're going to talk about. And then we'll get to focus on the road to Jurassic World three after that. And I think that's going to be really cool to really, cause that was the fun of season one. I just knocked the papers. Uh, <laughs> that was the fun of season one was that kind of balance between, uh, you know, looking forward to Fallen Kingdom and then also discussing certain topics and stuff. But season two, you know, the focus is going to be some really fun, interesting topics with some really cool guests as well as, you know, hearing from all of you. Um, and then, you know, and then we get to focus on Jurassic World 3. So I think kind of having the split up will make it a little bit easier for my brain, will allow me to do more. And it'll just it'll allow everything to be the best that it can be um, instead of me trying to do everything at once because it's just been a lot for my brain. So um, I hope that makes sense. Uh, I really want to hear from all of you. I really love to hear your questions, things that you're looking forward to, stuff that you'd like me to talk about. You know, again, uh, in you know, the, certain topics are set in stone and stuff, but I mean, there's so much of Jurassic Park that... Again, I'm so amazed every day at how much we can talk about it and different the minutia that we can dive into and guests that maybe you'd want to hear from and so much. So I really just want to do everything bigger, better, uh, more teeth, um, is the, is the real question. So, uh, I just wanted to get that out of the way. I was really anxious about talking about all that stuff. So, but I think again, I think it's going to be better for my brain and I think it'll be more enjoyable. I think making it an event will make it really special and but we're still gonna have our weekly Jurassic content that we get to engage with and get to hear from really cool people i mean i have so many people coming up that you're gonna love uh i mean i should just just go straight into this um it's been delayed by a few weeks but i'm really finally excited to share my interview with jennifer Tarek. um again congrats she just got married um uh, her episode um, she runs Bryce Dallas Howard Network and the Jurassic Vault. Her interview is so awesome. So I'm finally excited for that to be coming out uh, later this week, end of the week, question mark. Yeah, no question mark. We're going to get back on track on Fridays and everything. But this, I just wanted to do this now because Battle of Big Rock just came out and we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but also I'm going to be talking to Laura from the Fall Line. Uh, and, uh, let's see who else did I interview? Oh, Tim from Collect Jurassic, you know, so it's like, uh, there's just so many interviews I already have in the can as far as episodes, you know, as far as park experts proper that I'm really excited to share with you that we're going to get to listen through every, you know, every week. So I really just want to get back on track with that as well as working on season two simultaneously, but not having to sort of them compete with each other. And yeah, I'm really, really, really stoked. Um, hey, Penny. Um, so, uh, let's see. Um, well, let's just, you know, uh, while we're here, again, I wanted to remind you to listen back to, I feel like since, you know, there was a couple, you know, delays and, and 
uh, delayed we- week in episode releases. Uh, so I hope all of you have heard my episodes with Tom Fishenden um, and Sam. Uh, but if you haven't, go back and listen to those. And then, yeah, I'm super excited to, to share my interview with Jennifer Tarek. So let's listen to a little sample right now. I, I, for the end of Jurassic World, my thought that I always like, and it's really cold probably, but I, I like to think that she's mourning her park and like mourning her job and she's happy that her family's safe and her sister can take her kids back. But she's thinking about her job and her park and her her life and just everything on the island. I'd like to think that's what she's mourning. Super stoked for you to hear all of Jennifer's interview again. Oh yeah. Happy birthday, by the way, Jennifer. And speaking of birthdays, wanted to say happy birthday to Azra. If you have been listening to this podcast, you'll know Dusty and her son Azra have been super, super involved with the podcast. Uh, it was Azra's birthday recently. So I wanted to say a little happy birthday to him. Uh, he sent a, <laughs> Dusty and him sent in a very funny, uh, it was, uh, Azra was his first time seeing Jurassic Park three. Um, and yeah, he had some really funny, interesting thoughts. Um, something like that where it's like, oh my gosh, this is so great for the Jurassic Park 3 episode. So I heard uh, your your voicemails, uh, Dusty and Azra, and so hilarious. And I love your thoughts on JP3. Um, Spinosaurus forever, question mark. Um, <laughs> so uh, again, a few more announcements up top while we're here. Uh, this week, this weekend, I'm going to be at DinoFest. DinoFest happens at the Natural History Museum here in Los Angeles every year, and it's getting bigger and bigger and better, and I'm super thrilled and honored to be part of this year's DinoFest. I'm going to be on a panel about dinosaurs and social media with Dr. Shana uh, Montaneri, uh, who's a really rad paleontologist you should follow on Twitter. And yeah, we're going to be talking and doing some presenting and stuff about dinosaurs and social media and things like that. That's at 1.30 at the Natural History Museum here in Los Angeles, September 21st and September 22nd. Come out, say hi. It's going to be really cool. They got like special pins and vendors and you get to wander the dinosaur hall. And there's going to be some really other rad talks and things like that. Uh, like Nathan, Nathan Smith, who, uh, designed and did all the Antarctic dinosaur stuff, which, um, I talked about in a special episode with the Naturalist Museum earlier this year. So. DinoFest is super awesome. I'm super excited to roll into that. But that's pretty much it as far as announcements goes. But why we're here right now is to talk about Battle at Big Rock. It finally aired. Ugh, it was so good. So if you don't know, Battle at Big Rock was an is is was <laughs> is an eight minute short film that aired uh, on FX this past Sunday. And it takes place after the events of Fallen Kingdom and just showing us what a real Jurassic world looks like. And if you've been following the news, following the community, following the podcast, we've been like, what is Battle of Big Rock? We have the Allosaurus and the Pseudoceratops uh, Mattel toys. And what is this going to go in front of Hobbs and Shaw? What's this Jurassic short film? Da-da-da, you know, everything. So it was such a relief to finally see this short film and it kicks absolute ass. Um, if you, again, uh, Colin Trevorrow directed it with Emily, with him and Emily Carmichael writing it. So we got a first taste of Emily Carmichael's writing, uh, you know, for the, you know, when it translates to the full Jurassic World three. So that was super exciting to see her first official involvement in the franchise, which has been super rad. Um, and it stars Andre Holland and Natalie Martinez, as well as Melody Heard and Pearson Salvador. Uh, again, it was, it's intense. It's, it's spooky. It's 
heartwarming. It's, it's, I mean, it's just such a, I, I think I said it on Twitter, it was a perfectly bite-sized taste of a larger Jurassic world. And it just makes me want more of that sort of thing. Chris Pugh said it best. It's like you want these, it just makes you want these Jurassic tales, almost like these little anthology short films that would show how normal people are living their life uh, you know, after dinosaurs are set free. I mean, oh, that's like, this is just, you know, it's the stuff we've always wanted. And I think it's been really cool to see the community really rally around this short film and really give it the love it deserves. Because again, it just feels like it was kind of dropped on us, uh, at the last minute. I mean, I watched it in, uh, Salt Lake City. Uh, I got the time zones wrong. Uh, but we had fun. We watched it. Uh, yeah, it was just, it was just such a scramble to see it, but everyone really came out for it. Um, also, uh, the composer is, I th- yeah, she, her name is Ami Doherty and she used score from all the, pretty much most of the previous Jurassic movies for this little short and recorded at Abbey Road, Stu- Abbey Road Studios, which is so cool. Um, yeah, uh, so while you're hearing this, um, or while you're hearing this, uh, but basically right now in your feed, uh, I'm going to drop a full battle at Big Rock, Raptor Reactions, uh, battle at Big Rock. Yeah, at Big Rock. Sometimes they say of Big Rock, but it's battle at Big Rock. So basically, Brenna and I recorded Brenna, aka Bonnie Puns, aka Beaksels. We basically dropped our thoughts at Battle at Big Rock. We dropped them at Battle at Big Rock. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting obsessed with that. <laughs> uh, we dropped our thoughts on Battle at Big Rock. So uh, you could be listening to that. Uh, that's in your feed as well as the mini-sode. I just really felt like, obviously, you know, it's... <sighs> It, it's so exciting. To, that's that I've been thinking a lot that this year has been a really interesting year for Jurassic Park because we don't have a look, we don't have a movie to look forward to. But I feel like there's been so many cool, interesting things outside the normal media scope uh, landscape that we get to engage and talk about. I mean, a ride, a short film, the continuing toy, the continuing toy lines and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. So basically either you're listening to the mini set right now, I guess if you're not listening to the mini set, you won't, you wouldn't hear this. Um, but either way, either way or either way, um, listen to, uh, my battle at big rock reactions, because that's going to be my question for this month. What did you think of battle at big rock? Uh, or, you know, if you're listening to that, then come here and enjoy the mini-sode. But either way, Battle of Big Rock was awesome. And, hey, Penny, what did you think of Battle of Big Rock? Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so that was super rad. That was just super exciting. And, again, as far as, you know, just getting my, my button gear, it was, it just was such a thrilling thing that has really kicked my butt into getting back onto a productive schedule. So, um, that was awesome. But speaking of other Jurassic related tie-in content, we also had the Nickelodeon series, uh, uh, the Legend of Isla Nublar, which is a continuation of the Lego series, The Secret Exhibit, which some of you may have seen earlier this year. Uh, it basically follows the adventures of Claire and Owen at an open Jurassic world, kind of around like 2012-ish, I think. And um, just kind of the the perils of running a daily park, which again, it's like I was talking to, uh, I mean, I feel like we, we talk about this a lot, but Jurassic World is an exciting, an exciting place to set your like 
stories because the park is open and that's just such a cool theme park kind of place to be able to do stuff and do adventures. Obviously Camp Cretaceous is set during the, the timeline of Jurassic World, but this, you know, non Lego, uh, non Lego, this Lego, this non canon Lego, uh, stuff is actually really cool. I really love the Indominus Escape. I think it's one of the best Jurassic related tie in things. Um, it's so funny and clever. Um, but the secret exhibit is great too. And the Legend of Isla Nublar first episode was really fun. It basically kind of is like Ratatouille, but you know, the Ratatouille film, the critic part. Uh, but about Jurassic Park. So it's like a theme park blogger who like is going around the park trying to like, but he's like, you know, he's like a critic and trying to like, you know, give Jurassic World a bad review, but it's really funny and cute and kind of incorporates again, certain things about the modern world that would certainly affect, uh, you know, Jurassic World. There's, there's a lot of great theme park podcasts and stuff out there. So it, it would make sense that, you know, this is more of the blogger version, you know, cause it's 2012, but Love that. Uh, but yeah, you know, so it's, so that was really cute and charming. And, uh, what's really exciting about Easy Nublar, uh, is that it's going to be, they're going to be incorporating some other characters from previous Jurassic parks in it as well, which I think will be a fun surprise. I don't want to spoil it for you here, but that actually brings me into my other big news piece for this month. Hey, Penny. Um, my other, one of my other big news pieces is that, uh, so we talked about recently how Laura Dern's been kind of making the rounds and like Bryce Dallas Howard surprised her. Um, I talked about that in a past mini soda episode. Um, well, this week at TIFF, I think was the film festival. Everyone was hounding Sam Neill about returning to Jurassic World three. Uh, so, uh, um, and it's, yeah, the interview is really funny and he basically clams up when asked about if he's going to return to Jurassic World three. And I asked her, would there be a chance that she might meet you soon on the set of Jurassic World 3? And she, what did she say? clammed up. She and clammed so up. So I think you might be getting a phone call if you haven't already. I, what do you think? I'm clamming up now. <laughs> <laughs> also, Bryce Ellis Howard in interview, she also has a face and it's very funny as well. So I urge you to watch those interviews. I'll leave uh, the entire clip, you know, I'll leave links to the entire interviews in the notes. Shout out to my friend Lizzie Bassett, uh, who is a producer for IMDb who produced those interviews. Um, I used to watch her cats sometimes. Anyway, shout out to Lizzie. Uh, but uh, I mean, they're going to come. I mean, at this point, I mean, they're just, you know, they're obviously going to do a proper announcement and a proper announcement's not going to come anytime soon, but I, th I think they're playing a long, smart game with this one as far as really teasing at their return. I think with Ian Malcolm, it was kind of like leaked and kind of just, it wasn't, I, I feel like it wasn't really, didn't really have the fanfare that you'd want, you know? So I feel like doing these long teases and getting Bryce involved, I think is really smart and funny and charming and cute and clever. So yeah, I'm super excited. Um, and speaking of, uh, Jurassic World 3, I thought it was very interesting that, let's see if I can find my notes. And again, as always, I'm using Jurassic Outpost, Collect Jurassic, um, you know, and Jurassic Park Pod as my news sources. So I'll include links to a lot of these stories, um, you know, in my notes or to all of these stories, I should say. Um, <laughs> so what was, okay. So, Going back to Jurassic World, the ride. So, uh, you, you know, as you heard, I was very lucky to go to the premiere of the ride. That was so much fun. And, um, 
at that premiere, Colin Trevorrow was asked about essentially the idea if Jurassic World 3 is going to be the end. And he says, I'm kind of, and this is, um, this is a variety article, um, that I'm quoting. It says, the, I'm kind of a one movie at a time kind of guy. So my eyes are on this one and it's a celebration of everything that has existed in the franchise up until now. Um, and it's interesting for me because I think this is one of the first confirmations of films happening, you know, after Jurassic World 3. It's kind of been everything leading up until Jurassic World 3. But, you know, the idea of I, I just think I feel like talking with a lot of people, it feels like Jurassic World is just getting started. You know, Jurassic World came out in 2015. Crazy five year anniversary is next year. Um and, you know, that was like the fandom reawakening, Fallen Kingdom. It's like, oh, awesome. Like, we're here. It's happening. The ride came out, Battle of Big Rock. So, it just would feel so anti. I mean, it's not that the fandom would, would, would you know, disband after Jurassic World 3 in 2021. But it just feels like we're getting started back in this new universe. And it would just be such a shame for it to just end after Jurassic World 3, I, I think personally, um, which is again, my question this month, uh, my question about, you know, what kind of, you know, if they're going to make more Jurassic World 3s, more Jurassic World 3s, if they're going to make more Jurassic Worlds or Jurassic Parks after Jurassic World 3, what would that look like to you? What would you want to see? All that stuff. Everyone wrote in there and, and called in and, you know, um, you know, left comments and everything about what, what your thoughts are. So I'm going to be reading those later in the episode, but yeah, I mean, it's just a lot to chew on and it's kind of the first little taste of, Hey, you know, Jurassic World 3 is going to be a culmination of everything that has come before, but maybe there's more on the horizon. So, uh, Dinotopia prequel. Uh, <laughs> so that's kind of all the big news for this month. I know uh, I had to like condense a lot because I have been very delayed on a lot, you know, just kind of getting my shit together over the last month and a half. Uh, so let me know if there's any news articles you'd want me to discuss more. Um, the one thing I am going to link into my, or link in the notes, um, Victoria from Victoria's Cantina. She also does the collect, um, collect the, she does the podcast with, uh, Tim from collect Jurassic, where they just talk about Jurassic toys and everything like that. It's a great podcast. I love it. Um, Victoria did a really great article on kind of the, as much as I love, you know, as much as we all love the Mattel toys, uh, the, one of the biggest problems is in the representation of women and Claire, especially in the toys and how it's been a damn shame that I like, I mean, just personally never able to find a Claire toy in the stores when there's just hundreds of Owens warming the pegs is like really sad and like not good and just really like yeah it's just you know it's 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 just this age-old you know idea that you know dinosaurs are for boys and that's not true and it just sucks when you see uh you know big companies kind of giving into these old-fashioned ways of thinking um anyway uh victoria wrote a really really great history and kind of breakdown of the discussion and all the talking points. It's an awesome article. I suggest you all read it and share it because the only way we're going to get things to change is to just share and get loud and everything like that. Um, 
you know, uh, what was it? Uh, Billy Jensen says the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Um, so, uh, yeah, Victoria's article is great. And, you know, she has, she does such great work. So go support her and, you know, again, get loud. So that's all the news that I have for right now. Um, again, go see Battle at Big Rock. Go see it. <laughs> go to YouTube and go see it. Uh, let me know what you think. Um, because I want to, you know, because uh, I want to hear what all of you thought of the film. Um, and I've already seen some of your comments on the Facebook group. So I'm loving everyone so far. Check out uh, Legends of Isla Nublar. Oh my gosh, we might get sequels after Jurassic World 3. Is Sam Neill going to be back in Jurassic World 3? And that's your news recap. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And we're back. Now, I wanted to share with you my adventures for this month, month and a half. Uh, and that's been the thing, too. It's funny. In Los Angeles, I feel like, especially if you live over on the east side, you don't live near the ocean, you kind of, summer kind of sucks in a way, because obviously very blessed that California has great weather all year round, but mostly it's just hot and sweaty, and I just stay inside and work. So, but I feel very lucky to have have the universal pass and really get to go on lots of adventures. Um, but yeah, that's been a big part of this month. It's I've been running around and traveling and doing everything. So it's been kind of crazy, but some really fun stuff. Again, I mentioned, I, you know, renewed the ride pass and been going on Jurassic world ride. And I feel like I'm the ride ambassador. It's like, anytime someone comes to town, I'm like, come on, let's go on the Jurassic ride. And so that's kind of the stuff I did. Um, I got to meet Tim from collect Jurassic in person, IRL. Uh, he, uh, snuck out and went to the Jurassic World ride very briefly. So we got to meet up and say hello while he was here. Um, and you'll be hearing, I did, actually did an interview with him just a, like, just via, you know, Skype or whatever. Um, and that'll be coming out soon. Uh, you know, I could talk to him about toy for hours, uh, toys for hours in Jurassic. So, but we got to talk Congo, Tim. Um, so, so great to meet him. Um, and that same day, <laughs> I actually, uh, I had Abigail Irvin. Uh, Penner, who, uh, you know, she's done the, she did, she did the new updated artwork for Sea Jurassic, right? The really gorgeous artwork. She's also done artwork for MFM and this podcast will kill you. So, so great to meet her and hang out with her and everything like that. So we ran around the park and that was super rad. Again, I feel like I'm, <laughs> it feels like Brenda and I are the, the Universal Studios, uh, ride ambassadors. 
Uh, actually, it's funny when we came back from Salt Lake City today, her daughter saw like um, an advert for Universal and she was like, it's yours. It's yours. Like just saying that Universal Studios is like ours, which I think is really cute. And and it's so funny. So the other kind of big Jurassic World adventure or Jurassic World ride adventure this month was getting to go with Courtney James Clark. If that name sounds familiar to you, it's because she is the Mosasaur announcer, Mosasaurus announcer in Jurassic World. She, you know, um, you know, sharks and, uh, and maybe, you know, and other smaller Mosasaurs. Um, her role, which I feel like is a fan favorite. It's just so, for such a small role, uh, screen wise, there's something really iconic and kind of uh, the way she played the, the character was so funny of like, you know, here's this giant mosasaur, you know, isn't that cute? You know, like, it's just, I mean, again, it feels very realistic to me where it's like, I feel like when people talk about, oh my God, dinosaurs, isn't that crazy? It's like, no, but if, but if you live in a world where dinosaurs are just kind of normal and it's your job, then you're, you're not going to be, you know, it's just going to be like any other thing to you. So I, I really loved her, uh, her role in Jurassic World and her, as well as her boyfriend, Stuart, we went and hung out and went the Jurassic World ride. I got to reunite her with her baby giant mosasaur, marine reptile. I had the best time with Courtney, uh, and we recorded a little something that uh, I will be saving for a future episode. So, sorry to tease you on that, but we did something fun at the park. So, I think you will like that. And also, one of the other big activities I got up to this month was seeing Jurassic Park in concert at the Bowl, uh, the film with a live score by the LA Philharmonic. So it wasn't John Williams composing, but it was the LA freaking harmonic performing the Jurassic Park score. It was so much fun. It was so cool to just, again, it's the thing, you know, we watch our favorite movies over and over again, but to actually kind of, you're kind of forced to just sort of pay attention in a way when you're, you know, in, in, and also seeing it with, you know, a live score, just, it just felt like certain dynamics shifted and things. I just felt like I was paying attention to different things. People were laughing, you know, like anytime, you know, like at the beginning of the movie when, you know, Alan Grant would appear or Nedry, like people would cheer Malcolm. Oh man, when Malcolm showed up shirtless near the end, you know, after he's attacked, everyone was like, woo, you know, I mean, I get it. Uh, but yeah, so seeing it at the bowl was just, it was really cool and just ran into so many people. Um, obviously Sam and, uh, you know, from Jurassic Outpost and Caleb and Corey and Derek, um, Devin and Chelsea, uh, are, you know, my friends who, who I did a really great interview with, uh, for the dress. They're the couple that got engaged on the Jurassic Park ride last year. Um, it was, you know, it reminded me that we really need, or or not that we need, but that the Jurassic Park community is out there and we like came out in droves for this. I mean, this was the Hollywood Bowl. This is, you know, it's the, there's no Jurassic Park anniversary this year. This is just Jurassic Park at the Bowl with a live score and people came out and it was a super fun, super fun evening. I wrote down a few observations. These, I'm just going to read them verbatim because I just think they're funny. There was lots of tears. I mean, it's just the music live. It doesn't get any better than that. Uh, there was an intermission and they made like a, like, we can't get Jurassic Park, we can't get Jurassic Park back online without Dennis Nedry. <laughs> intermission. And you're like, whoa. Um, and then somebody, I bet the person who designed the intermission tag to be the same font as Jurassic was really proud of themselves. And I'm very proud of them. Uh, <laughs> Sam Jackson, I just feel like we don't, 
you know, it was before Samuel Jackson was the Samuel Jackson that we know and love, but I feel like we don't give, we don't give uh, Ray Arnold enough props. Actually, if you listen to my interview with Abigail Irvin Penner later uh, this month or next month, we talk about how underappreciated Ray Arnold is. So I really noticed Sam Jackson's role and how good he is in Jurassic Park, how like underappreciated he is in that role. Um, I noticed a lot more for some reason watching it live. Um, and because the music is, is, I mean, it's, it's not verbatim the movie. There's just little subtle differences, I think, maybe just in the arrangement of the instruments and things like that. Uh, but I noticed certain sound effects more and stuff. Um, also I re- never re- like Nedry's music when he's stealing the embryos is such a great, I, I just noticed how much more heisty it is very like oceans 11 Z it sounds this time live for some reason. I think the marimba was just like more pronounced, but, or it was just, it was just like a jungle heist. It was like, like just so good, like little glock and piano and stuff. Um, it's so funny because I never really, I kept just watching the movie. I wasn't really paying attention to the people, you know, actually performing, which is kind of a shame, but it just shows you just how good the music is that you kind of get locked into the movie in the moment. Um, and, uh, the other thing, uh, oh yeah, the other observation is that Dr. Ellie Sattler is such a troll. I just love, Brenda and I are just joking about how much she just loves to kind of like twist Alan's buttons a little bit in ways that are like super fun and funny. And, you know, how she just doesn't, she, Dr. Ellie Sattler is so great at taking things seriously when they need to be taken seriously and having fun when you're supposed to be having fun. I feel like as a character, she's so in tune with the world and her surroundings. I think better than any other character, she's not really hung up on her own ego or anything. And I really kind of noticed that a lot more in ways where she's like fun and funny. And, you know, it, it was cool to kind of, to, again, it's this thing where, because the, you're seeing it with the live score and it's the same, but it's slightly different in a way. So you sort of keying into things differently. Um, which, yeah, just made me notice different things, which the last minisode I talked about Muldoon, whether, you know, we talked about whether or not Muldoon was a good boss, but I think he's a good boss on one side because I notice in when rewatching it, that, you know, when people are arguing, when Hammond and Nedry and Ray are like arguing and stuff and Muldoon's like, quiet, all of you. They're approaching the Tyrannosaur paddock. It's like, clearly it's Nedry being the jerk, but like Muldoon makes a moment to just, he's not going to single anyone out. He's not going to like, you, you know, which is, I don't know if that's, maybe that's not a, now I'm starting to take it back. Maybe that's not a good boss thing, but I just noticed this interesting observation because I feel like sometimes at companies, like at your job, like, you know, it's clearly someone's fault, but they're not going to single out that person in a meeting. But I think it, I, I think it's a good thing. Maybe I don't know. Now I'm, you know, I'm waffling on w- what my original thought was. But hey, this was almost a month ago, so forgive me. Um, but also I have to shout out Brenna because she actually made green jello so that during the scene, because at the bowl you can like picnic basically, so you can bring your own booze and your own snacks and everything. So during the, you know, Raptor in the kitchen sequence, we got to hold up the jello and do the whole thing with Lex. And that was, that was, that was very silly, but very fun. I also right now have to give a big shout out. One of my other big adventures this month to give a big shout out to, uh, Zach, uh, Zach Sharp and Jack Danger at Stern Pinball in Chicago, as well as Evie from Rebellious PR for hooking us up because 
Later this month, I will be bringing you a special episode focused on the Jurassic Park pinball machines. Oh my God, it was so cool. I got to go to Chicago. I got to go check out the factory, the factory floor. Um, I got to check out how they make all the machines. I got to interview them about the process. Zach and, and, uh, and, uh, Jack about the process and about the culture of pinball and what Jurassic Park really adds to the world of pinball and stuff like that. It's, it's such a cool, it was such a cool experience. And yeah, I just learned so much about pinball and it's something that I've always loved, but I didn't realize that there was this whole world out there and the Jurassic, the new Jurassic Park machines that they made are so awesome. I was, I got to play a bunch and everything. Yeah, they're really cool. And again, speaking of a year where we're getting really interesting new media and, you know, media tie-ins and things like that, I think the Stern Pinball Jurassic Machines, I mean, they're not Jurassic World Machines. They're Jurassic Park Machines. They're classic Jurassic. And it really just gives you a big hit of nostalgia in a way that is super satisfying. So, look forward to that. That's going to be a full episode um, again, thank you to everyone at Stern and Rebellious for, for setting that up. I'm super excited to bring you that. I didn't get to see the new Sue. Well, I didn't get to see, not the new Sue. I didn't get to see Sue's new home, but, uh, you know, I, I try and go back to Chicago every November. Uh, so I'm hoping to get to go back to the Field Museum and see Sue's new home because last time I was there, you know, we had the really awesome fun meetup. Uh, but Sue's exhibit, I think, opened like a week or two after I left. Uh, so next time I go to Chicago, I really want to check out Sue's new home um, in the museum. And again, my other, really my other big adventure this month was just when I got back this morning from Salt Lake City, uh, where Brenna, aka Beaksels, aka Bonnie Puns, is from. And she took me to the Natural History Museum of Utah, which is super new. It opened not too long ago. It's just this beautiful modern structure nestled in the hills and the mountains overlooking Salt Lake City. They have such a great dinosaur exhibit that's like super thorough. And it's it's kind of like the Natural History Museum in London where there's kind of like a top layer and a bottom layer. Although lately in London, like the last time I was there with Clayton and Tom, the top layer wasn't like they had, they're renovating it. But this, it's like you kind of stroll through the fossils down and then under them, you know, under some as well. So you get kind of this multi-layered approach and it was super cool. Actually, in prepping for Battle at Big Rock, they actually had an Asutoceratops skull and they had a bunch of Allosaurus bones. And what I think is so funny is that, so one thing that they, and you know, talk about it, that, that I'll talk about more in the Battle at Big Rock episode a uh, special episode is that in Fallen Kingdom, the allosaurs that you see in the movie, the two that you see are juveniles and the allosaurus in uh, Battle Lake Big Rock is an adult. And so there's a big part of the Natural History Museum of Utah where they, they have like a quarry where there's a bunch of juvenile allosaurs, but not many adults. So I was like, whoa, this like synergy is like crazy. Uh, but I think the big highlight of the Natural History Museum of Utah is their ceratopsian wall. So you get kind of like, you know, Triceratops, Styracosaurus, Nasutoceratops. Uh, I think there's Utah Ceratops, um, you know, to, uh, you know, all these different skulls that all have these beautiful different shapes, Sinoceratops, Pachyrhinosaurus, and it kind of splays them all out above you. And it's just glorious. It's cool. I mean, it's funny. I, I, on Murder Squad, I feel like I was, Billy Jensen was giving me shit for not really liking Triceratops. 
which is true. I mean, I feel like I, I feel like I'm more of an ankylosaurus, like as far as that kind of sized herbivore. You know, you have your trikes, you have your stegos, you have your like ankies, and actually, I'm more of a duckbill dinosaur person. Obviously, Parasaurolophus and Shantungosaurus are two of my favorite dinosaurs, but um, I feel like duckbills are kind of like uh, they're kind of their own. I, I kind of consider them separate, whereas like you know, in in the Jurassic world. Jurassic lore or whatever. It's like, you know, the first one had Triceratops, the second had, uh, had Stegosaurus. I mean, Triceratops was in Lost World, but you get my, you get my point. But, uh, I, I do love Ceratopsians. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's just, I guess me just trying to be cool or something. I don't know. But I, Nesutoceratops is super rad. Sinoceratops from Fallen Kingdom is super cool. Pachyrhinosaurus, shout out to Chris Pugh. Um, I do, and I mean, Cyracosaurus and Chasmosaurus were two of my favorite Ceratopsians. Um, there's a really great Mattel toy of the, of the Cyracosaurus. So I'm not, I'm not anti-trike. I just want a more unique one, you know, different, you know, because I feel like, you know, Triceratops has just been one of those iconic dinosaurs we've had. For, I don't know why I got into this Ceratopsian rant, but the history, the, the Natural History Museum of Utah, I mean, it's, you know, whenever I go to a Natural History Museum in a city, I'm always, you know, wanting to find the thing that makes that history, you know, Natural History Museum unique or special. And I think the Natural History Museum, Museum of Utah is a very beautiful museum and their ceratopsian wall as far as the dinosaurs go is really just the piece de la resistance you know so um if you're ever in salt lake check it out it's really great and just the area around it is beautiful so um thanks brenna for taking me there um but yeah what it, you know what, what jurassic adventures did you get it up to this month you know i remember talking to uh jurassic becky uh who i talked to in season one this idea that whenever, whatever city she went to, she just Googled dinosaur into Google Maps and, you know, saw like just what pops up that's dinosaur related. And so, um, I want to know, you know, what drastic adventures are you getting up to? Is it going to Target and looking for Mattel toys? Is it going to your local natural history museum? You know, is it, you know, engaging with some of the content online television? Is it going on a dig? I don't know. Uh, going to see, uh, you know, Jurassic World, uh, you know, uh, in concert or something like that. So let me know what your adventures are. I want to know because, uh, again, you know, we're, we don't have a movie this year. So, uh, but I feel like the community is really good at keeping Jurassic alive. So, um, yeah, let me know what your adventures are. Um, and after the break, we're going to get into this month's questions. All right, it's time for your questions. This is my favorite part of the mini-sode where I get to read your responses to questions I've posed on, you know, the episode, the podcast, as well as social media. It's always fun to do just random, you know, to spill those random thoughts and then, then to, to get to hear what all of you think of it. Um, I really wanted to focus on just two this month, you know, because our main question, which is, you know, would you want to see films after Jurassic World 3? What would that look like? All that stuff. Um, so the other question that I wanted to focus on that I keyed into because Prenna and I were rewatching Sphere the other day, which is a, which is another Michael Crichton book turned into a movie in the mid to late nineties. Well, Jurassic Park is 93, but Hey, look, Lost World's 97 and Sphere was, I believe 98. 
So, um, unlike Congo, where I feel like Congo, which came out in 95, was very much trying to recapture the mold of Jurassic, Sphere was a very different beast. It's a very different book than Jurassic Park. It's Michael Crichton's most psychological, I would say, because it deals with like this alien ship and people's wishes and desires. And there's a psychologist. It's like, it's like Crichton's Freudian nightmare basically under the sea it's like <laughs> uh you know in the abyss and everything and the movie directed by barry sonnenfeld with dustin hoffman samuel jackson uh sharon stone peter coyote leave schreiber queen latifah i mean the cast is stacked um but the movie just kind of it feels like it's very literal with the content that Crichton wrote which you know i think spielberg captured the he was able to capture Crichton, but gave it heart. And I feel like Sphere wasn't weird enough. It, it wasn't weird enough for what the what the book Crichton wrote. I think if he had keyed more into that in kind of a 2001 Space Odyssey kind of way or something, or um, Sunshine, Danny Boyle Sunshine, or, or, you know, even Deus Ex Machina or something like that, I think that would have maybe been better. I mean, but... So that really tied into my idea. And again, Westworld season three is premiering next year, which is also a Crichton property. So my question was basically like, I mean, I've always had this thought. I think I talked about it in an earlier Park Experts episode that, you know, there, you know, this idea of like shared universes and things like that. So could we get a Crichton verse there? The Crichton estate is wanting to make more of his books into movies again and i feel like kind of the success of the you know jurassic franchise back again and westworld i think that it's pretty ripe and you know my initial idea again was this idea of having lex be an adult hacker and having it connect all the stories i think you could have it through the lens of one character and having these different adventures that relate to different stories and stuff like that so um I just kind of pose these thoughts on Twitter. So Twitter and uh, I think just did I do it on Instagram? Let's see if I did it on Instagram. I don't know why I'm singing this. The man singing about all this stuff on Instagram. Um, okay. Uh, no, I didn't put it on Instagram. Okay. Um, yeah. So let's just look at Twitter and the Facebook group. So let's go to the Facebook group. Um, again, I pose this idea of like the Crichton verse, you know, involving Congo and Westworld and Next and Sphere and stuff like that. So, uh, Amelie Belcher, um, uh, you know, who you've heard on the show a couple of times, um, she says she's into it. Westworld is pretty much Jurassic Park, but robot cowboys, vacation gone, all kinds of bad. I totally buy that the people in Congo would have known that both would have known about both Westworld and Jurassic Park. Same as I like to believe that Dr. Grant and crew knew about the shark attacks on Amity Island. Ooh, wow. Maybe a Spielberg Crichton universe getting Jaws in the mix. Um, and, uh, uh, James R. Pedix, uh, he has, uh, two very sweet cats, Finn and Sawyer. Um, he's been on the percast. Um, <laughs> uh, James said he loves, uh, Sphere and would be down for a remake. Um, Nick, ya boy Jurassic says, I feel like next was intended as somewhat of a companion piece to Jurassic Park. And I'd be really into seeing how those stories connect. I haven't read next. Um, but I actually just bought it next. Yeah. I was like, did I buy next or micro? But I found a copy of next 
at a thrift store in Oregon when I was visiting my mom. So I'm excited to read that pretty soon. Um, Dusty says, yes, with two huge exclamation marks. She says, Congo and Westworld always felt like they were existing in the same universe. I believe I only read Sphere once. So I should probably get that one out and read it again. Um, Lauren says, I always kind of felt like the book universes were connected. And I feel like, and somebody may chime in, but they said they, somebody said that, uh, that there is some references to, um, Jurassic in the pirate latitudes, like the islands that like the, that, you know, the lost world islands or something are referred to by the pirates. And then there's some other biosyn connection or something in micro or next or something like that. Um, Chris Abels, who's a very talented artist says, I'd be interested to see sometime in the distant future, a readaptation of Jurassic park in the lost world that sticks closer to the books. So Chris is tying into my next question. Uh, <laughs> but if we go over to Twitter, um, Clayton Fioriti says Sphere and Congo could be retooled really easily for the Jurassic universe next in prayer two that I also think would be incredible. Yeah, I could totally see Prey. Prey was the book uh, when I met Michael Crichton when I was younger before he passed away. Uh, Prey was the brand new book that came out. And I could totally see this kind of like nanobot company espionage trapped in the desert. Very Andromeda strainy. Uh, I could see that being, yeah, part of Jurassic 2. Um, hell, even a small Easter egg for pirate latitudes on a map or something could fit in. Isla Matanceros is in that one. Oh, so that's, that's, of course, it's Clayton who knows that. I mean, Clayton is the Jurassic librarian, so he definitely would know. Um, so Christian uh, Humes, very talented guy. He has a great podcast. He has a couple great podcasts. Um, obviously, I'd love a Jurassic World on Westworld, but man, I love the book Prey. <laughs> um, uh, at Coleman Hall says ER, which also was created by Michael Crichton. Um, so uh, just see George Clooney show up in the Jurassic universe. That'd be interesting. Um, at Jurassic underscore CC Andres says, I remember I loved the movie when I first saw it when I was 10 years old. This is referring to Sphere. 15 years later, I read the novel and fell in love. I read it slash listened to it three, four times consecutive, rewatched the film after that, and man, it didn't hold up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love Sphere. I would say, dramatic pause, I would say I love Sphere maybe even more than Jurassic Park as as far as books go i think as far as michael Crichton's books i think it's sphere jurassic park and airframe i think are my top three dress or my top three Crichton books um so i get it um the red raptor 65 says sphere is severely underrated uh forest of beasts says i want to see state of fear but directed by david fincher uh state of fear was michael Crichton's kind of awkward anti-global warming book but i, I feel like the new uh, I mean, I'm only maybe regurgitating what other people have said. I actually, I need to do my own digging because Airframe is a really good book because it kind of talks about, I think it was really prescient when it comes to talking about the media landscape that we're into today. Um, but, you know, when you get old, you get curmudgeonly. So, um, or a lot of people do. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I, I'm saying things and I don't really have uh, an educated opinion. So, take this with a grain of salt, but I am interested to read state of fear because I'm just curious because it was one of the last books he wrote when he was alive. Um, uh, Hannah FFF says yes with state of fear as well. Um, Mick Gamerstein says yes. I think in general to the idea of a Crichton verse. Um, Georgie Thunder says maybe the next book could work meaning next in all caps. Um, and then yeah, at private underscore oven says something Crichton verse. Um, and then Georgie Thunder <laughs> chimes in again and says, yes. 
Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it for that. I just, I thought that was like a good little like tee up for our main question of the month, which is again, if it's just funny because I feel like, Again, as I said earlier, it's like, I feel like we're just getting started with Jurassic. And so for this whole thing, and I'm not saying I want like necessarily like the story for, I like, I want whatever story, you know, whatever the, you know, the story that they set out with Jurassic World, especially this trilogy, I definitely want that to end. I want it to feel satisfying, but I feel like the door is this universe is like with dinosaurs roaming the earth. I just feel like they're. Where, you know, who knows, maybe they'll be put on that sanctuary from Fallen Kingdom at the end of Jurassic World 3. I don't really want that. But I just really love the aesthetic and the space that we live in. And we get so few dinosaur movies as it is. But I love what Jurassic did for dinosaurs. And so it'd be a shame for it all to be over as far as on the big screen after Jurassic World 3. So uh, I'm going to play a few voicemails right now. But... I feel like you can kind of break down everyone's thoughts into these kind of four categories. People wanting prequels, prequel wanting direct sequels. Um, well, prequels are interquels. So it's like stuff set in between stuff because we have lots of big gaps in the timeline for Jurassic. Direct sequels, reboots and remakes, or none. <laughs> so those are kind of the big categories, the general responses I've seen. But let's hear a few voicemails and we'll talk about it. Hey, Steven, this is Dusty calling about the um, this month's question. <clears throat> I'm a little under the weather, so sorry, I'm apologizing for any weird sounds that come out of me. Um, <laughs> so the question is, what if they were going to make um, more, Jurassic, sorry, more Jurassic Park uh, movies, and um, what would we like to see? So um, I think some other people have chimed in on uh, online about wanting to see an evolu- uh, evolution of Claire movie, which I think would be great to see the origin of Claire. And maybe like the origin of Claire with the origin of the Jurassic World Park. Um, cause I just, I love Claire and, and she's a, she's a, uh, we're big fans in our house of Claire. Anyway, um, the other thing I would like to see is kind of like a rise of Woo movie. Um, <clears throat> so like, like a Woo engine, origin story and how did Wu get to be a super geneticist and uh, his relationship with Injin and how did it change his life. Um, just I think that there's a lot more to Wu um, than than we get to see. And so I'd like to see, like, you know, maybe he's like the super mild-mannered scientist at the beginning and then he turns into this, like, super evil geneticist at the end. <clears throat> and then, um, of course... I think a lot of people are really curious about the Battle of Big Rock and what that ends up becoming. Um, you know, does that is that gonna are they gonna wait to put that out after Jurassic World three? Um or, you know, is that gonna happen at all? Well, I know that there's some there's some uh things that have been said online that suggest that it maybe it's coming out soon, but um who knows. Um and then so I think in a in a sort of a sci-fi kind of way, one of the things I would like to see is, you know, based on not knowing what's going to happen in the next movie, um, <clears throat> I'd like to see a movie where, you know, dinosaurs have taken over and uh, humans, sorry, it doesn't, <laughs> um, humans have walled themselves into communities run by corrupt leaders, like um, sort of like Land of the Dead. 
and um, maybe there's a group that learns about a super secret safe island and they break out of one of these communities and make their way or try to make their way to the island. Um, maybe they're thwarted by Susan the Mosasaurus on the way there because uh, they have to travel by boat and, you know, and maybe like one or two people make it to the island and then when they get there they realize they're not alone on the island, that there's something else there. Um, that's not necessarily human. So um, I think that would be kind of fun. But you know. anyway, I think that um, something like that would make my sci-fi Jurassic Park dreams come true. Um, yeah, thank you so much for your podcast and all the hard work that you put into it. Um, really loving this summer. Um, the episodes have been so great and entertaining and informative. Um, and uh, you can find... Me at We Take Dinos on Instagram, and I'm also at Dustyf Terrell on Twitter, which I don't use too too much, but lately I've kind of been into it. Um, and then uh, the email is dustyftarrell at gmail.com. Thank you so much for everything. Have a great day. Bye. Hey, Stephen, what's going on? It's Brad Jost here, uh, just calling to tell you my thoughts on what I'd like to see after Jurassic World three. Um, first off, I've been kind of saying this one for a little while. I want something that's like Jaws or, I, I don't know, I didn't see it, but maybe the Meg, um, centered around the Mosasaurus. I think that would be a, a really fun movie. Something just set out, um, pretty much completely on the water, tracking the thing down, finding out where it went. I think that could be really fun and terrifying. I think we saw some like concept art or something like that that was supposed to be in Fallen Kingdom of, of like, you know, maybe the Mosasaurus tearing apart a ship. I think that would be really cool to see um, on the big screen. Also, uh, my other idea is something that's, like, set in an isolated town or something like that where maybe there's, like, a pack of raptors or, or maybe even just one or something just, you know, attacking this small town or village or something and, you know, a family has to try to stay alive and try, try to find out what the problem is and, I think that could be pretty terrifying if it's, like, just set in an isolated town, it's dark, you know, it's always set at night or something. I think that could be pretty fun. Um, but outside of that, I don't know, man. I have no idea where this franchise is going uh, with Jurassic World 3, so I'm excited to find out. But uh, thanks for uh, airing my clip here, and I'll talk to you later. Thanks. Hi, Stephen. Um, this is Katie uh, calling about uh, what we want to see after the third Jurassic World movie. Um, what I really, really would love to see, and I know they can't make three movies out of it, probably have to be a one-off like Rogue One or something like that in the Star Wars universe, is I would love to see a sort of uh, hot zone meets uh prehistoric bird flu outbreak. Um, since there is so much biological diversity with the dinosaurs, um, I would love to see what the impact of some sort of like dino virus would be on humans or animals and uh, how that would really impact the planet is something that we've never really seen before. Um, my Twitter and Instagram are both Katie Trombetti and I can't wait for the next movie. Bye. 
Thank you, Dusty, Brad, and Katie for your awesome voicemails. So I talked about right before the right before your voicemails, I talked about the different categories of the types of answers. But one of the things that two of you talked about, uh, or that all of you kind of mentioned are spinoffs and reading the evolution of Claire. It's like, there's that part of me that would love to see that on the big screen, somebody playing like a young uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, a young Claire would be awesome. Brad, I love your Mosasaur movie idea. I, I didn't think about that idea that we have, you know, and as we see in Battle at Big Rock, it's like there's this idea that these dinosaurs can kind of don't worry. That was a uh, that was a uh, a Dilophosaurus hoot in my apartment, I guess, uh, <laughs> or the coyotes in the hill. Um, but that idea that we have all these dinosaurs and like, these characters kind of going off in the world, and what's not to say that we can't follow one of them for their own adventure that's kind of outside the scope of the grand story, you know? So um, I know people have kind of mixed thoughts about Rogue One or or Solo, but I I, I, I love the idea of digging down into a genre so that you can kind of tell a story that you don't, that is not kind of constrained by the sort of blockbustery nature of the big movies. And so I love a kind of Jaws Mosasauri adventure, or um, I always joked that, you know, that they could do a, a sort of Stranger Things adventure with Blue, where, you know, in between the events of Fallen Kingdom and Jurassic World 3, she goes to a small town and befriends a bunch of children and like a raccoon or a, like a cat or something. And, you know, they have adventures in the small town and, you know, Blue helps them, you know, save the the, the baseball team or something, you know, uh, <laughs> stuff like that. So, Brad, I love your idea of that, you know, we have these different dinosaurs and they present to us different unique storytelling opportunities. That is really cool. I'd be into that 100%. Um, same thing, Katie, uh, you know, I'm getting very much like Planet of the Apes vibes, you know, uh, you know, the idea that we're introducing all these creatures into this world it's not just oh here are now dinosaurs because again it's like that's not really sh sure you could throw a tiger into griffith park but like the impacts of these ecosystems are much more nuanced and interesting um in the sense of like evasive species and and stuff like that so uh I, katie i love all your ideas and and i i hope jurassic world 3 itself will address those things but again maybe you know, Jurassic World, World 3 might only have, you know, some dinosaurs starting to get used to the world and everything, but will, will we see the long-term effects? You know, again, my idea, I always have this idea that, you know, post Jurassic World 3, then we just cut to 100 years in the future when it's like dinosaurs truly are part of our ecosystem and how our ecosystem and how our world has changed because dinosaurs just become part of normal life or, or maybe post-apocalyptic life or something. So I love, I love your response, Katie, about that idea of, you know, impacting the ecosystem. So that's really cool. Thank you again, Dusty and Brad Jost from the Jurassic Park podcast uh, and Katie for uh, calling in. And I also wanted to read this email from Erin. Uh, she says, hi, SRM. I really hope they continue the Jurassic franchise after this last installment. And while it sounds like they, might already be for television shows, maybe. I definitely think they need to keep the movies alive since there are no other dinosaur franchises of note. That's very fair. Um, and uh, Aaron, I think you just totally slammed Land Before Time. So, uh, Land Before Time, uh, you got to step up. Part of me wants, like, the pulpy contained stories a la JP3. Um, 
which has some greater significance in the franchise, I suppose, or even go the route of anthologies like the Star Wars franchise, again, Solo or uh, Rogue One. Honestly, just make a few movies with various different individuals, try to get off the island, throw in a T-Rex, a thunderstorm, maybe a heartthrob. I don't really care what else happens because it just works. I'm not sure what else would really work because part of the fun of dinosaurs is the thrill and tension of it all. You know what? That's really fair. Um, we'll have to wait for JW3 to see how they deal with dinosaurs on the mainland slash rest of the planet. I leave you with this quote. The world has changed so radically and we're all running to catch up. I don't want to jump it to any conclusions, but look, dinosaurs and man, two species separated by 65 million years of evolution, have just been suddenly thrown back into the mix together. How can we possibly have the slightest idea of what to expect? Alan Grant from Jurassic Park. I hope whatever they end up doing, they tie back to this quote. Stay sexy and don't get neat eaten off the toilet by a T-Rex, Aaron, and she's Jurassic Mama on Instagram. Thank you, Aaron. That was really beautiful. And yeah, I, I, I you know, it's that idea of, um, I feel like people who don't necessarily follow the Jurassic fan franchise don't kind of realize how unique and special dinosaurs are and how they can present so many great storytelling opportunities. So yeah, I really hope that they understand that and find new ways to tell stories with dinosaurs because you're right there is no Jurassic franchise there is no other dinosaur franchise of note sorry land before time <laughs> um awesome well now let's get to the social media questions and read everyone's responses so all right so in the facebook group and again i the facebook group see Jurassic right podcast on facebook has been giving me so much life this month and when i've been sad or depressed about you know falling behind on this podcast and things like that. It's the Facebook group and just interacting with all of you. That's just been keeping, keeping me going forward and stuff like that. So thank you. Um, so the first one is from Andrew and he says, I want there to be an Ellie Sattler solo story. Laura Dern, just being a badass professor or whatever her career path led her. Maybe have her teaching at a remote college and the college happens across some dinos sold off in the fallen kingdom auction. That's awesome. Um, and then Caroline chimes in to his comment. I'll never get over Jurassic Park 3. Oh, you thought the first movie was about a couple deciding to get married and have children when Alan discovered his protective paternal side? Psych! They broke up between movies for no reason and she had a baby with some other dude that has nothing to do with this movie other than to be a mother after proving what a badass she was the last time. Long subtitle. Long, I know, besides the infamous Alan Russ after Nightmare. That's why JB3 didn't happen in my head canon. Look, I think that's fair. I think that's fair, Caroline. Uh, which is why we need this Ellie Sattler solo story. Um, and why I feel like if they have, I think if Laura Dern comes back for JW3, I think she will have a significant role or at least a meatier role than maybe Sam Neill or Malcolm because it's fucking Laura Dern. Um, <laughs> Kristen, uh, says i would love to see prequel stuff similar to the test sharp book about claire i think it'd be fascinating to see what happened after the events of jp before the park actually opening in jw i guess that's maybe not prequel stuff in between stuff might be better description interqual i think people have been saying uh christopher abel says i'd love to see a few years down the road a reboot of jp that is true to the book focusing a bit more on the sci-fi aspect with a few particular plot points and scenes from the book which I think, you know, it's funny at this point now because so much of the original Jurassic Park book has been mined for the sequels for Jurassic Park. Like, it would be very surreal to see, say, like, the Avery sequence or, you know, stuff with Wu and, you know, arguing, but it's with Hammond and 
it'd be interesting to see a lot of the stuff, you know, the compy scene, but back in Jurassic Park, like it'd be interesting to see a version of that story, um, you know, of the book story on screen. Uh, Susan says, I mostly want to see the spinoff Steven suggested about blue solving crimes with a raccoon friend. Wow. I've mentioned this a lot. I've mentioned this enough that somebody has referenced it. Wow. Seriously. Can you imagine that as an animated series? I would watch it. Um, Renee says, I'm thinking of Planet of the Apes direction where it's now a Jurassic Park planet and dinosaurs, and dinosaurs are trying to bring back humans in a fun theme park. Whoa. Uh, but they get out and spread all over the world and destroy everything. Wow. I love that. This very, uh, Slaughterhouse Five esque Twilight Zoning twist. Oh, I love that. Oh my God. That's awesome. Yeah. That would be fucking rad. Okay. Over on Twitter. Uh, let's see the responses. Um, Alan at Alan M. Ching says, give us a David Attenborough narrated BBC crossover mockumentary, Planet Jurassic Earth. I'll even take a Netflix series. They do movie. They could dovetail into a second act clash between eco activists and dino poachers. There's a lot going on there, Alan. I love all of it. And that's the other, I mean, that's the other route you could take is really just a pure planet or planet of the apes, pure walking with dinosaurs route. Um, which again, you know, more dinosaurs. I love it. Um, I would love to see, oh, this is from, uh, Ms. Berrios. I would, at Ms. Berrios, I would love to see a film about them actually constructing and working on the original park. I mean, they had to start somewhere. Maybe it could be about the scientists don't know they're working with the original DNA code and find out about the dinos. I think you, and I think we'll see a lot, we'll see a few more of these, but, I, I definitely think Jurassic Park fans were interested in the minutia of the park itself and how it was created. So again, Wu's origin, you know, like Dusty said, evolution of Claire, you know, how they built the park. Um, at Gustasaurus as prequels, definitely it could be more serious prequel with the younger Hammond and Lockwood and Macy's mother original Macy or on site B during the Clarissa hurricane, the events taking place before Jurassic world open and it's gates of the world. There's so much potential. Um, I know, uh, I know that a lot of people online too have said, you know, this idea of like a young Hammond and Lockwood and kind of seeing their sort of breakup or split up, you know, in their fight, seeing those, the events alluded to in fallen kingdom between Lockwood and Hammond. I think that would make a cool Netflix series. Um, at Jome 20 says, I definitely think prequels are the way to go. A young John Hammond before the opening of Jurassic Park or even during Site B. It'd be a great way to go back to the classics, do things a little more simple, get more dinosaur exposure like the Dilophosaurus. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think for as far as nostalgia factor goes, doing prequels in that sense, getting to the aesthetic of Jurassic Park. I mean, another Jurassic World 3 idea that I thought would be interesting is if you could show original Macy at Jurassic Park, you know, because they taught, you know, they show the model of the original Jurassic Park in Lockwood's Manor. And so I, I just, there's a lot of potential there. Jose says at wounding claw, I would prefer spinoffs or prequels of JP than wait 10 to 15 years for a new trilogy at Manny fresh three, six, nine, one says, I just don't want dinosaurs. I just don't want the dinosaurs to die, especially blue and Rexy. Uh-huh. Uh, at Neon Media, KJT says, a film that is set in the 90s, either alongside the original movie or before after New Blar, like Alien Isolation and Stranger Things, both embrace the older nostalgic aesthetic. I could totally see that and dig it. 
uh, Clumsy Stiggy Aww. says, I would like to see a series that involves the building of JP or Jurassic World and what they had to do would end off where the first movie starts. That's cool. At Clumsy Stiggy just made me think that maybe you could do the building of Jurassic Park and Jurassic World simultaneously showing both and sort of showing the contrast of the styles of Hammond and Miss Ronnie and just sort of showing where things go wrong and things go right and I don't know, that, that's that's something I'm going to chew on for a while. At Rexy Tyrannosaurus, or at Nublar Queen Rex, a uh, great name. Prequels before Jurassic Park have things led up to where we are now, and if they made a sequel trilogy, I would suggest they start introducing as much pure, purebred dinosaurs as possible, aka scientifically accurate dinosaurs, or maybe some semblance of accuracy. Ooh. Uh, no, I could totally see that in the sense... You know, because we've been kind of stuck in the Jurassic aesthetic as far as, you know, you know, we want to see feather dinosaurs. And I think maybe a reboot or a remake is kind of the way to go to kind of start fresh in that sense. So you're not kind of beholden to to the rules set by the original movie. So I think that's very interesting on uh, Instagram. Uh, Victoria, speaking of Victoria from Victoria's Cantina, I'd like to see a film about the construction of Jurassic World and the relocation of the dinosaurs from Isla Sorna to Isla Nublar. Surely it couldn't have all gone according to plan, and that's intriguing to me. Again, I, that stuff, the lore stuff that's, you know, that the chaos theorem, you know, put on the websites and stuff, you know, that's stuff I'd like to see on the big screen too, so I totally get it. At blue.me.away, I wouldn't mind an evolution of Claire film or maybe a dive more into Lockwood's story. At KVN crdns13 no more movies after the third one that's what i'd like to see respect i respect that uh <laughs> griffin bird press i'd like to see a movie between fallen kingdom and jw3 uh where blue saves a boy from a wild animal or a kidnapper or something and the boy and his dog movie that ensues with all sorts of heartwarming shenanigans until he's forced to send her back into the wild a la harry and the henderson style and then she goes to live her life leading into whatever jw3 has in store for us again she's got to have a raccoon friend jurassic fantastic says i'd like to see a netflix miniseries that's more faithful to Crichton's original two novels that's another thing a lot of people talk about remaking Jurassic park as a television series you know that that because the original book isn't necessarily like a movie plotted kind of thing i think the the original book could lend itself more to television at LizRose137 says, I'd like to see a Planet of the Apes scenario play out where Blue makes all the other dinosaurs smarter and they kill off all the humans and rule the world. Eventually they drive cars and hold the jobs and houses. Eventually it's revealed to be a prequel to, to the 90s TV show Dinosaurs. What? What? Oh, wow. That's wild. That was a wild ride right there. Um, the Collector 1999 says, JP3. I, I, I'm, I'm into it. Um, and Jurassic Soul says, I'm weeping. I don't want it to end. And I think that's a great place to end it on because I don't want it to end. I know for storytelling sake or whatever, you know, things have to end and stuff. I get that. Um, but also, you know, Jurassic Park is, is the place that I love most. And I would love to, for it to somehow continue on the big screen in a, in a way that's, meaningful uh in that sense and yeah i don't know i mean we'll see where it goes i mean it's also a thing too of uh in some ways when something has a satisfying ending then yeah you don't necessarily hunger for more because you're like wow that was great i'm filled and i can relive that story again and again um and you know dress park 3 wasn't really a satisfying send-off as far as you know tri trilogies go or i mean i don't really think of the original three movies as a trilogy but 
I mean, if Jurassic if if Jurassic had ended after JP three, that would have been, you know, we would have had one really great Jurassic Park movie, and that would be fine. But I think we're in a place now where we, there's the bigger picture there, and so yeah, I want Jurassic World three to be super satisfying. I want it to be that culmination that Colin Trevorrow says it's going to be. Again, as uh, <laughs> as Katie mentioned, there's not too many dinosaur franchises that, franchises of note. So you know, if we're not going to get any more Jurassic movies after Jurassic World three, let's get some more dinosaur franchises in here. Again, we like other people say we want to see scientifically accurate dinosaurs. We want to see all these other cool things because. Yeah, like Brad was saying, it's there's just so much storytelling potential with dinosaurs, and dinosaurs have taught us so much and have the ability to teach us so much and to take us in wonderful and really exciting places that, yeah, I, yeah, like Jurassic Soul said, you know, I don't want it to end. So, uh, yeah, thank you, everyone, for writing in. I thank you, everyone, for your patience, for this little rocky... Uh, whatever not start but you know this rocky path we've been going on this year in 2019 or you know in this getting restarted with see jurassic right in this way but i mean i think it mostly it just means for me it's just i want to keep doing this and i want to do it better and better and i want to make you guys all proud so um yeah it's 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 gonna be good I think. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Thank you everyone for listening. Uh, be sure to again, come see me at Dino Fest, September 21st and 22nd at the Natural History Museum. My talk is at 1.30, but there's going to be so many other great stuff. Uh, uh, my panel, I should say, is at 1.30 and, uh, there, but there's so much other stuff there in the Natural History Museum in Los Angeles is amazing. So come check me out. I'll put a link in the notes. Come run the, 5k or the 10k the jurassic running universal studios jr pod 10 is my discount code for ten dollars off uh be sure to rate review all that good things um let me know what you're thinking again this month's question is what did you think of battle at big rock let me know i'll be sharing all the posts write in comment email call all the good stuff uh, right now, if you're listening to this, go check out my Battle at Big Rock Thoughts, uh, that special episode, which I'm dropping simultaneously with this one. Go check that out and listen. Again, let me know what you think. Uh, yeah, it's super exciting to be back, you guys. Um, I'll see you very, very soon. Uh, thank you for everything. And hold on to those butts, of course. Now you can also interact with me and the show by following me on Twitter at Stephen Ray Morris and following SJRPod on Twitter, See Jurassic Ride on Instagram, See Jurassic Ride on Facebook, or you can send me an email at SeeJurassicRide at gmail.com. Not only am I looking forward to talking to people about their Jurassic Park experiences and hearing yours, but I also am going to be sharing ephemera from my childhood and, oh God, I'm going to share the fan fiction uh, on there as well and pictures and toys and everything. It's going to be great. And I wanted to thank Caitlin Thompson and Tim Ruggery at ACAST, Molly McAleer, Heather Mason, Stephanie Cook, Sarah Iyer, and you. See Jurassic Right is an ACAST podcast. Check out the show on their mobile app. And thank you for listening. Until next time.
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 